0: This is the Living in Mid-Bloom podcast, lighthearted and heartfelt conversations about what it looks like to live, heal, and blossom in middle age. I'm your host, April Pruitt. Let's get our bloom on. Hi, my mid-bloomers. What's going on? Are you being kind to yourself? If you were kind to anyone, you know who that should be not granny, you. Granny's next. Can't take care of granny unless you take care of you first. So last week, we were talking about feelings. And I asked the question, are all your feelings present and accounted for? And I shared which ones I was not allowed to have. Did any of that sound familiar to you? In this episode, I talk about emotional difficulties and lack of self-care. Please do not listen to this episode if you believe any of these subjects may trigger you. The contents of this episode is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek guidance from your health care professional. The names of individuals and locations mentioned in this episode have been changed in order to protect everyone's privacy. My thoughts about finding the right therapist are my personal point of view and not to be considered as advice from a professional. The very first therapist I worked with was a man named David. Now, this was in the 1980s when I was five. Uh, (laughs) I was living in Washington, D.C., I had been so depressed and had no clue why I was in so much pain. I was not taking care of myself. I smelled. It was terrible, and I I didn't care. Now, this is the first time I'm saying these words out loud, but I'm here to speak my truth. I had no love for myself. I acted like everything was perfect. I didn't tell anybody anything. But I was also afraid at any moment someone at work was going to say something about me. As I've said before, I disassociate. So at that time, you know, I'm depressed. I don't even know why. I don't even question why I was so far removed. My goal was get out of pain however, whatever way. Now, at that time, there were these commercials that were running about getting help. If you feel suicidal, if you're depressed, you know, call this number. And I finally did. It was during a lunch break from work. I called and I made an appointment. I was feeling better just knowing that I would be talking to someone. So I I went to their offices and there was a woman that uh, listened to what I was, you know, upset about. This particular organization didn't take care of regular patients. They were more like a stopgap to find people help. And I could see why they had this. There is a waiting list of three months before someone could see me. And this is through the healthcare system. I, I wasn't looking at someone who was private at this time. And, you know, hearing that, it, it really made me anxious. I'm thinking three months. But, you know, I thought, okay, well. Everybody else has to wait, so uh, I guess I can do this. You know, it was like I was white knuckling it, gritting my teeth, you know, but I didn't have any other choice. I didn't think I had any other choice. Three months later, I was assigned to David. He didn't really talk a lot, and I wasn't really sure what I was supposed to do. But during the quiet, I would start thinking about, you know, what was going on in my head, and I would say some things you know, out loud. And he did make me feel safe. I could tell he was a very empathetic soul. And I'll tell you, as my first therapist, I was very, very grateful that he was a a nice guy. I only saw him for a few months because he was going into private practice. He recommended one of his colleagues to me, a woman named Tina. And I decided that I would work with her since it was his recommendation and at that time you know i trusted him when she first met with me you know she explained that uh, david had shared you know his files to get her caught up about where i was and and she asked me what were my goals and was there something in particular that i wanted to focus on now at that time i was really involved with my singing it was the one thing that brought me some joy and i told her that You know, I was thinking about trying to be a full-time artist. And her response, are you sure that's sensible? Now my head kind of twitched because I was not (laughs) expecting her to like give me her thoughts on this. I tried to act like you know it didn't affect me, but clearly she saw it in my face. You know, she said she didn't want to make me feel um, uncomfortable. And she said, I, you know, I know I work differently you know, from David. Now, David did tell me that she was a little more assertive and he felt that that would be good for me. I did appreciate that she noticed how what she said affected me. I was happy about that, that she was just paying attention. So she and I worked together for two and a half years and she was the first therapist to talk to me about medication. She thought, you know, it it might be helpful in lifting some of the symptoms of the depression. The thing is, is I, you know, I wasn't thrilled about being in therapy because I really did feel at that time, there was this negative connotation to it. She is mentally ill and it gets stamped on my forehead. But I finally decided to try. I don't remember what the medication was, but it just made me feel loopy and spaced out. So I tried again a year later with another medication. And like the first one, I I had to see a psychiatrist while taking the medication because she could not divvy out drugs. I don't remember this guy's name, but the second week that I'm on this new drug, I was telling him how much better I felt. It really it like lifted this like wet black blanket off my head. It was a wonderful thing to be able to just feel better. And with that a, a lot of things changed fairly quickly. I uh ended up moving back to St. Louis and of course leaving one city for another, I needed to find a new therapist. So the therapist that I end up seeing next is the one that I was talking about that was not licensed. Of course, you know we're, we're talking. Like I said, I was with her for years, and I realized, you know, later that I don't know. You know, I sit here and I don't want to to, to say like, yeah, she was terrible, but I couldn't get out of it. It was a codependent relationship. But then if I wasn't with her. You know, would I have been able to find the people that that now have been really able to help me? You know, did I have to go through that to get to be where I am? And again, I, you know, these these thoughts go through my head. And so I'll uh, end with that, knowing that we're going to start in this other therapist. I do want to leave you with another therapy tip and... It's, it's fun. and It's not funny. But, you know, I, I realized that as I share these different stories with you, the tip is usually related back to it. So in all the things you have to think about going to therapy, you know, finding the right person, where are they located? Do they, Are they covered under my insurance? Do I want to use my insurance? But the other piece of it is making sure that If you're going to go take the time to do it, if you're going to spend the money, then you want to make sure that this person is there to help you, meaning they should define exactly how they can help you, what their expertise is in. They should ask you, what are the areas of concern that you have? You know, why are you here? If they don't ask you those questions, if they don't give you any of that, then I I think there's an issue. But more of that to come. I thank you, my mid bloomers. Thank you for hanging with me. I really do care about you and said, so I hope you do too. Thank you for joining me today on living in mid bloom. I hope you found this episode insightful, meaningful, and maybe it's given you something to think about I invite you to share your positive reviews or ideas on topics you would like me to touch on by leaving your comments on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, Podchaser, or Podcast Addict. We are all divine beings who just want to be seen, heard, and loved. Have a beautiful day.